0: General Baptist Ministries has been called by God to exist for the church. We aren't here so General Baptists can help us do ministry. We are here to help the church do ministry and to fulfill its commission by God to make disciples of all nations and preach the good news to every man, woman, boy, and girl. We partner with churches because we believe that we can do more together than any one person or church can do alone. I'm Danny Donovan, President of General Baptist Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Doing Together. Doing Together is about sharing the ways that General Baptists partner together so that your church can fulfill its calling. So in this episode, I am joined in a conversation with Travis Stevens, Vice President for Church Health, and Mike Brady, the Senior Pastor of Halltown General Baptist Church in Portland, Tennessee. So we are going to discuss the place of leaders, particularly pastors, in ministry of local churches. And the title of this episode, Stop Doing Ministry, may sound a little bit odd to your ears, but in the course of the conversation, I think you may see what we mean. Mike, Travis, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: So everybody probably knows Travis, and if you don't, you probably don't need to know him, but... um, (laughs) Sorry, can you go back on me. Do that again. <laughs> no, you're great. <laughs> but Mike, you might be a little less of a, someone that people may not know. Um, but uh, you've uh, been pastor, uh, general Baptist pastor for many years. Can I give everybody a background on you and give some context of uh, of your role in the, in the church.
2: Yeah, well, there's probably a lot of people that wish they didn't know me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've been. Uh, I was called to preach and. Uh, uh, the late '90s, and um, it's kind of crazy how all that happened. But uh, I was uh, I was at a revival at, uh, at Green Lawn Cemetery. Matter of fact, really, yeah, they took revival to an extreme. And <laughs> so anyway, we were out there, and the preacher preached, and I had that just that that call, and so I went home and, and made some phone calls, and uh, from that particular night on, through prayer and and just listening to folks and trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, announced my calling, and, and the rest is history. And so, I've been at Halltown Church now for seventeen years, and uh, it's just been a blessing. It's a, it's a good place to serve, and I'm just thankful uh, to be there. So,
0: um, folks may not know this, but Mike is also one of our regional coordinators. Works with uh, Dustin Thompson in, in regional ministries, and you get to connect with pastors all over the place. So, as we have this conversation today, it's not just your own pastoral ministry, but you actually work with a lot of different pastors, right?
2: Absolutely. I um, have the privilege of being able to call them and talk with them, uh, be able to have lunch with them, just and a lot of them I do life with. And so it's, uh, it's yeah, I have a great opportunity to be able to minister to them and them minister to me and be able to serve and do life together.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so whenever um, we had a, a conversation together as a staff back um, in... February, I guess, January, February last year. Uh, we had all, like our entire staff together. So Travis and Dustin and Vince and Mark, and we also, um, Carol Lawrence, that's my executive assistant, uh, Linda McDonald was there. We had our five, uh, regional coordinators there. So yourself and Bud Welton, Johnny Gibson, um, Ken Slater was there and, um, uh, I'm leaving somebody out. Jeff Roth. Jeff Roth is. Can't leave Jeff out. No. Those guys doing some great ministry around working with churches, and uh, we we kind of all gathered together and and we're discussing about like the next uh, things that we were going to focus on as a ministry. Um, Out of that, I kind of shared in that conversation about a, a passion point as I was thinking about calling to ministry. Related to the fact, that I think that we can misunderstand sometimes the the theology of and the role ultimately of what pastors do, and uh, so you guys are both involved in that conversation. But it really revolves around uh, looking at Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven through thirteen, um, which says, "So Christ gave himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, and it says to equip." his people or the saints for the works of ministry or works of service. And it says that the intention behind that is so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And as we've talked about that, some sometimes we get this mistaken idea this mistaken idea that this work of these people, specifically we think of as pa- we think of pastors, that they're the ones who do the work of ministry in the church. And um, even some translations can, by the way that they do that verse, kind of leave that as a thought. But if you look at it clearly, look at it in the context here, the text is saying that the reason we have these leaders is so that they can equip the saints... Equip God's people to do the work of ministry. To and if and in the it's in the process of doing that that the church becomes mature and begins to look like Jesus in the world. Mm-hmm. So um that's that's something we don't so thus the title of today's podcast. Stop doing ministry. Pastors, we're talking to you. Maybe you need to take a moment and say, Stop doing the ministry. Maybe you need to refocus on equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Um so in that in that context, anything as we we've talked through that over the last really rest, almost a year now, we've been talking through it. Anything that is you have thought about that in your role as a pastor, Mike or Travis, as you've worked with with churches, that you say, hey, I, I've seen this, I've seen this as a problem, or I think that there may be some things for us to think about here.
2: I think personally, for me, um, I mean, you know, I went through. Uh, what you're talking about. Because when I took on it at Halltown, you know, that was pretty much the drive is that, you know, it was a pastor driven church and the pastor was pretty much known to do all things. And, um, you know, I followed some, some great men and, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, early on ministry was really, really heavy. And, you know, I've got some good friends and, and folks that, that, that know me, that love me. And, uh, that kind of helped me through that process. And, uh, you know, as we come to the understanding that, that for us to do it all, is not it's not healthy for us and it's not healthy for the church, then you have to get to the point to where you're willing to let things go, mm-hmm. give people opportunities to serve. And so I think when you get there, everybody gets healthier. And I know for me personally, um, you know, its it's been a better place. So
0: good.
1: Yeah, I I think it's been a, um, it's a sort of the culture. It seems like that that for uh, I don't know uh, you guys would know better than me, but uh, probably over a hundred years or so, it just seems like that that when people think about uh, a lead pastor or just pastors, um, like the the assumption is, yeah, that's what we that's why you're the pastor. That's what we pay you for. We pay you to do the ministry, right? Yeah. And so if uh, if you're not Going and visiting people in the hospital, or going to the funeral home, or uh, if you're not preaching a message or whatever, then what are we paying you for, yeah. right? And uh, and it just seems to be that, yeah, it's been this, it's sort of been handed down, right, for I don't know, decades now, and it seems yeah, to be it probably like,
0: would be centuries, yeah, maybe centuries yeah. now,
1: and um, and yeah, I, I think there is change that is happening, but unfortunately, like I think that change is happening because of Uh, Pastors who are being out, Pastors who are leaving the ministry because they're doing a work that they were never, uh, they never were supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, that's good. You you gave a couple examples there, Travis, of um, some of the things that pastors do in terms of the work of ministry. Um, what do you would you you could you give other examples of things that maybe pastors ought to reconsider whether they're doing them. Um, or whether they're they're equipping someone else in the church to pick up some aspects of ministry, um, you know what are what are some of the give give some specific ideas there I, from from what they should stop doing. Yeah, that, that to me, I think that's often the question. Everybody wants to know, well, what can we do in our church in order to make our church grow? Sometimes that question needs to be answered with, what do you need to stop doing? Mm-hmm. And in ministry, I think sometimes we we just want to pile on instead of like getting clear in what is really important and necessary. So. Yeah, I think there's,
1: a, I think there's a ton of things that pastors are, they, they end up doing within a, a churches and especially in, in smaller churches, rural churches. Um, you know, I remember back in the day uh, our pastor or, or pastor and his wife, I mean, they're folding bulletins, right? Yeah. You're, you're folding the bulletins. You're cleaning the church a lot of times, doing the vacuum. Maybe the pastor is even, he's mowing the lawn, taking care of some of the landscaping in the church. Um Again, doing all the visitation. Uh, Normally they're doing all of the preaching. And that's something that, I mean, we could talk about uh, as just not wise that, hey, they're preaching Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday midweek service. They may be teaching the Sunday school class. I mean, they're doing the majority, almost all of the teaching 50 weeks out of the year. You know, it's them in the pulpit. Um, And so it's all kinds of things like that, um, that that it just needs to be like, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for the pastor for their family, and uh, it needs to change. It and it's not healthy for the congregation, like yeah. you said.
2: Yeah, and I think for uh, to kind of just roll along with what you're talking about there. I think it's also uh, a fact that that there's people that are willing to do in mm-hmm. the church if given mm-hmm. the opportunity. Uh, it's just a lot of times pastors like that, and they just want to have their hands on things and. And and unwilling to let things go, but when we do let things go and we do put people into position, the church gets stronger, and and you realize you have a lot more capability and you have a lot more time to
0: do other things. Yeah. So, so the kind of Paul's point in the text, right, is mm-hmm. that if you want it to become mature, you need to to equip other people to do the work. Yeah. Right. And and otherwise, you know, Jesus never called any pastor to To do the work of Jesus entirely in a local congregation, right? And we think we've got to do all of it in order to earn a paycheck. You think yeah. what do you, what do you why do you, what do you think are the motivations that people have for that? I, I think there's a lot of different ones. I don't think there's like one mm-hmm. silver bullet to that. So what, what do you think their motivations are for for pastors taking that on and and, and carrying everything like that?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Sometimes it's, well, this is the church's expectations of me. When I was hired on, you know, they gave me this list of here's what the role of a pastor is. They gave me this job description and it says, and anything else as needed, right? And so that includes everything. So the expectations is one. Uh, Like uh, Pastor Mike said, uh, part of it is we get a sense of sort of feeling good about ourselves that, you know, we're the person that people have to call if they, if they need help. Uh, we're the person who does all the weddings. We're the person if somebody uh, has a loved one pass away, we're the ones that call her to do the funeral. And yeah, I think for some pastors that can give them a sense of um, they like being that person. Like being to be needed. They like being needed. I think, I think for others too, um, and I think this is a this is something that we really have to watch out for and pastors and church leaders have to watch out for, is that we can be within the ministry, we can be sort of a, a rock star, so to say, When we and yet when we come home, we have that family, we have a spouse, we have kids, um, and it may feel a lot different, and we may yeah. even struggle to be— a good spouse or to be a good father or whatever it might be. Um, Whereas, you know what? I can go to church and people love me and they high five me and I preach a sermon and they brag on me. And uh, sometimes it's just like, uh, we would rather be there than be home.
0: Mm. That's tough.
1: (laughs) Spot on. I mean, I think
2: you, I think you, uh, you, you, that, that hornet's nest, because in reality, uh, I think that, uh, I well, I know so. I think you can get there. I know we can get there. I think that for a lot of it, I think I've been there. And, and, and you know, you, you pack a lot of weight that's unnecessary, and then you go home and you're not the father and you're not the, the spouse. You're not what you need to be when you go home. You're not unpacking at the door. Mm-hmm. And so that affects everything because, you know, if it's affecting the family, it's affecting your ministry, and then everything is weaker. So it's mm-hmm. just not a healthy place to be.
0: Yeah, so... That's like a motivation within the pastor, uh, you know, internally mm-hmm. about why they they do that kind of work that way. Um, I think there's also external pressures. You've kind of talked about that that the church expects it. Uh, I've been in I've been in that kind of context before, where it's like, well, that's why you're here. You're and there's almost this. I I, I have always thought that the better more prepared a pastor is. I think that pastors need to be prepared in order to do their work. I think it's really important. I think that the the complications of our current context demand it, or the culture we're dealing with, the, all those things. But I think we've sometimes over-professionalized the idea of ministry. Yeah. Maybe not to over the idea of a pastor, but over the idea of ministry that you have to be like, perfectly prepared to do everything before you can launch into doing anything.
1: Yeah, I, I know multiple times uh, just being involved in ministry and being involved at in the church where a board member would come to our pastor and say, have you called so-and-so? They haven't been here in a couple of weeks. And it was like, well, you're on the board. Why, why don't you call them? Well, it's not the same. Like they have to have a call from the pastor, right? And so, yeah, it goes back to, yeah, you're expected to do everything. Like everything's do you feel like it falls on your shoulders?
0: Yeah. Um, Other headwinds, you can think about why pastors get into this kind of a situation. Um, There could potentially be like, not just expectations of uh, other people, not just what they want to do, but maybe also just their, their idea in their own mind about what a pastor is. I think that whenever we, it has an. It's an. It can become an identity question, right? So what we do often is directly related to the identity we we how mm-hmm. we perceive ourselves, and uh, the roles that we fill. And I think it's a really good thing always to ask that question of: Is that really number one? Is that really who you are? And number two: Is that really what this has to mean?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it made me think of something when you were talking about that. I, th- I think another uh, something that sets the expectations is is the pastors who generally get celebrated, like the uh, pastors of churches that have been, you know, before them, the ones who get celebrated and talked about and was like, man, the church was really thriving when this pastor was here or whatever, is the pastors, when they talk about, well, what was so great about them, it was they did do everything, right? They did do the visitation. They did do, and, and so it sets the expectations that like the, the people who get celebrated are the people who do the work, right? And they're doing all the work themselves. And so I think that's, yeah, that's a, a, another issue that comes along. Yeah. And I think that's probably
2: culturally driven to some extent, but yet also when you think about that particular thought, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer and we all know it, that, that we all have a beginning and we all have an end. So, so for the time that I've been in Halltown since September of 2006, I know that there's going to come an end date and so if i'm not equipping people or putting people in position better yet to to be able to serve when i'm gone when i'm all done then then the church is going to falter in a lot of ways and so we have to be mindful of that is that is that you know we're dying to live so so we're we're fixing to exit this life and and other people are going to have to continue on if jesus tarries and so we need to be equipping those folks
0: that's that's good um before we, I want to talk a lot more about that, equipping people who come along. Before we leave that, um, I want to say, too, that I think what we've done is we've got our theology uh, mixed up around what it means to be a pastor. And that that theology, you're getting your head right about that is important for trying to address the problem of widespread uh, burnout among leaders in church. Mm-hmm that um, getting our ideas about what ministry really is, is like a first step. And from my perspective about addressing the kind of burnout crisis that we see Mm -hmm. in in the church. Um, So you have any other thoughts about, about burnout itself as a, and how it relates to, to this problem? Because I think that there's a lot of burnout that's caused by pastors trying to fill a role that they were never called to fill. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I, I heard a pastor not too long ago, he shared the story of uh, Mary and Martha and um, that situation where I believe it was Mary that was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha's doing all the work. And, uh, uh, you know, they get into a discussion about that and kind of an argument about that. And the pastor talked about, he said, in the church, we celebrate the Marthas. Mm. We celebrate the people who do all the work and the ones who work themselves to death. And he said, uh, it's a mistake that we make because, you know, of what gets celebrated gets repeated, and um, we need to s- spend more time celebrating people spending time with Jesus, and uh, yeah, and then equipping in this uh, in this conversation, or else, or else we'll all burn ourselves out. Yeah,
2: and I know for for myself personally, just not too awful long ago, you know, I had to reach out to some folks and really good friends of mine that that had to walk me through and help me to understand some things because I was at that point. You know, I was just, it didn't matter if anything got done. I didn't care if I got up went to work. I didn't care. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to understand those signs and those symptoms and yet be willing to reach out to somebody to say, hey, I'm just not in a good place. And, and then be willing to, uh, you know, hear what they have to say, but yet be willing to make those necessary changes. I know for me, uh, after after that took place you know i i was able to turn around and regroup and 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 you know restructure what my week looks like so that mm-hmm. i spent more time with jesus than i did other folks and That's be good. able to you know spend more time with prayer more time in the word more time in and not just sermon prep but mm-hmm. just feeding the soul That's and good. that makes all the difference in the world as well so yeah
0: does. yeah i think uh I, i've said this for years, um that I think that one we have two from, well, the two most theological documents that anybody maintains at any one given time is their checkbook register and their calendar. Mm. And your in how you spend your time and and how you attack spending your time says something about what you believe about something. And um I, I've had to deal with this myself, even in terms of since I've been here. Um, I've always been the person here that at general Baptist ministries since I came on in 2020, because I've, this is what I've done my whole career even before here that I would like one of the first pre- people here, if not the first person. And I'm always the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. Like I lock the doors every day. And, uh, part of that's because expectations I've put on myself over the years. Part of it is because I, I think, I think I'm more important than maybe I am sometimes. Um, but also, um, I I feel the pressure of what other people might think about what I'm supposed to do, right? And so I've kind of come to a position that I'm I have to take control of of that and and you know prioritize the right things. So my calendar here doesn't look the same as it did a couple of years ago. My daily work schedule doesn't look that way. I communicate where I'm doing and where I am with my team at any given time, but. They also know they can see on my calendar that I have a time every week that I'm going to be praying. Uh, some and at, one, at least once a week I'm going to be praying for them, and they know that, right? And so you can they can see what that looks like. But I think it's important that we get if you get to your calendar first, and someone says, "Hey, can you come and do this, Pastor Mike?" And you come to in, to to visit this person at this time, and you're like, "I'm sorry, I have an appointment." Well, they're not going to go. Okay, there there's they they treat that as absolute, right? And even though your appointment may be with you and Jesus. Yeah. But that appointment is, is we have to recognize, that appointment is important that you maintain it and you keep rhythm in your life right. as a pastor. It's the most yeah.
1: important appointment. Sorry, Travis. Yeah, and if you're a pastor who struggles with saying no to things because... um Because many pastors, that's the personalities they have. It's hard to say no. They're people pleasers. You know, they want to help people. And so if you struggle with that because, you know, somebody's going to call, their marriage is falling apart, um, their kid is, you know, they've caught them doing whatever, and and they're like, they need you right now, right? If you struggle with that, I would would say this. Find somebody within your church. um, They don't necessarily have to be paid. There's probably people within your church who would volunteer to do it for free. and, And let them take control of like your calendar and your, your phone calls, let them be the uh, receptionist, whatever you want to call it and uh, have them field those phone calls so they can say, Hey, I'm sorry. He would love to do it, but he's got an
0: appointment right now
1: and let them be the, you know, the bad guy per se sure. um, so that you don't have to be if you struggle with that.
0: Yeah. Cause I think most of the something we can get missed in this is that most pastors, they are, they want to do this work and help people because their heart is right in that yeah. regard. Um, now there may be some that they wanted for the you know because people look at me look at me, but I, that's not my experience for the most part. Yeah, pastors are are in this role because they love Jesus and they love the church and they want to be of service to the church. And um, so, but that can that can be at their own detriment sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh,
2: I think that's key too because when you look at that and and if you're not good with yourself, you're not going to be good for anybody else. And so for sure.
0: That's good. Um, so what? tell me, are there any other things you can think of about you pastors that's out there, they're in a, in a church context where everyone else expects for them to do all the work of ministry? Any, any Travis, anything you could say, hey, this is something maybe to start here and try this. Um, and, and encourage a pastor that might be in that position. And uh, how can they lead towards change in that area? Yeah,
1: from um, let's just take from I, I think from a board position because most of them sort of answer to a board uh, to some extent. I think having a healthy conversation with them about expectations, schedule, rhythm, um, and, you know, have that conversation with them, explain that, and then from a congregational standpoint, when you're thinking about um, how to get them involved in actually equipping them for ministry and doing the ministry, uh, there's a few different things I think um, don't just preach messages to teach people information, or don't even preach necessarily for inspiration, but preach in a way of equipping them, right? Um, do that. Um, I know we, we call this like stop doing ministry, but part of it is we, we also set the example. So mm. don't stop doing ministry, pastor, but when you do ministry, take somebody with you, that's bring great. people along with you. Um, that way, they can learn. They they can learn from you, and then the next time they could go out and do it uh, themselves. I think that's what Jesus did, right? Um, so, those are some things to do. Involve involve people in decision making processes. Don't make every decision by yourself. Uh, I think there's different sort of opportunities that we can give people that will help equip them, help develop them, um, and help disciple them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you earlier you were talking about like equipping other people and the work of pastors and how important that, that that work is, which is at the base of this whole conversation. But um, do you think do you think that some of the expectations that we have of the churches have of pastors or the pastors have of themselves and the roles the pastors fill to try to do all the work of ministry, do you think that, that can become a barrier to other people? Like saying think yes to ministry and pursuing a, being equipped to do this work themselves.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, when I think about the different barriers out there, I think one of the biggest barriers is, is just letting people serve and letting people have that opportunity to you know even even fail. Uh have them to, have, you know, allow them that opportunity. I think the biggest one of the That's biggest good. barriers is that we just are afraid to let them have it. And then, you know, not only that, but then be much in prayer for them. Uh help them with scripture. Help them to understand that 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 they have that that Jesus is there with them and he's helping them and he's encouraging them and he'll be there too. And and I think just the biggest thing is is just letting them
0: do it. Mm-hmm.
2: And 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 be okay if if a job is not done just to
1: a T the way the you would want it to. Mm-hmm. Just be willing to let them do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm sure there's some leadership guru, Guru. I can't figure out who, I can't remember who it was, but he said, what, if somebody could do something 70, 80% as good as you can, like hand it off to them, let them do it. And so there's some things I think that, again, uh, if you're a pastor or church leader, there's some things that, right, you need to do, you need to be doing, um, prioritize those things, but all that other stuff, find people that you can hand it off to train them, teach them, disciple them, develop them, um, take the time to do that. And it does take time, especially on the front end, right? Uh, if this is, if, if you're starting out, it takes time to get that started, but it, it multiplies developing leaders, making disciples, all that multiplies. And so now they're developing people, they're discipling people. Um, And the ministry doesn't just fall on one person or a handful of people. But now, you know, the church is, you know, doing all doing the ministry itself. And and it's a lot easier load to
0: manage that way. That's great. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I think we we often think that we need to, that the person doing the work of ministry needs to be already equipped Mm -hmm. whenever I think a lot of times ministry is most ministry can be done by people who are partially prepared. Yes. Yeah. Um, and just like you said, Mike, just give them a chance to, you know, don't require perfection. Don't require it to be a, even in the way you would do it, but, you know, give up yourself and your expectations just enough in order to let them do it and try and fail. And just like you're saying, I think it's great. Um, the other, the other thing I think is that as we walk through, um, this whole conversation about like calling to ministry here and the ministries building that they're answering the call initiative, um, We've come up against that. You know what are the what are the barriers to that? Well, one of the big barriers to people saying yes to ministry is they either a don't get a chance, like mm-hmm. what you're saying, or there is a, such an expectation of what they have in their mind of what ministry looks like that they're like, well, I can't do that, mm-hmm. and they their 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 headspace is wrong about it. So they're like, well, I I could never do that work that requires and they think they have to know everything, they have to be perfect, they have to have, and I don't know about you guys, but pastors, I know n- none of them know everything. I, yeah. mean, I surely don't that's know right. everything. Yes. Um, I'm I'm clearly not perfect, and I'm none of that is, you know, that's not what Jesus asks us to be. He doesn't ask us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think that there's huge barriers whenever we try to do everything, that becomes a barrier to other people saying yes to Jesus. We don't yeah. often think about it that way. We tend to think about it as if I do everything then then uh it'll get done. Mm-hmm. And but then what happens to the next, you know, what happens 5 years from now? What's the implications of that whenever you're gone right in a church. So um
1: yeah, and we're seeing the implications of that. I mean, we're we're seeing that play out um right in front of us and I think I don't think it's going to get better in the near future because we've failed to do this. We've failed to develop people, disciple people. We failed to hand off ministry. We failed to hand off preaching opportunities. We failed to, to disciple people and help walk beside of them and lead them. Uh, and and we're reaping what we've sown, uh, unfortunately. And because of, uh, I, it wasn't done on purpose, it was just, I think, a mistake that we made Um and so now we're paying the price for it, but, but we can still turn it around. Uh, but it starts with each one of us saying, okay, I'm going to bring other people along with me. Uh, so, how are we spending our time during the week? Make sure you're, I look at your calendar like you're talking about. Am I, am I doing things alone or am I going to bring in people with me? Um, those type of things like that. Uh, but you have to be, you're going to have to be intentional. If you're not intentional, you're never going to do it. Um, so, make sure you do that. I think it's also important, too, that as a pastor, I think for some pastors,
2: they won't handle a job off or responsibility off um, because they think, well, it's going to be harder to teach that person than just doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be more yeah. time consuming. Yeah. But at yep. the end of the day, I think what we have to also understand is, is that we don't have to do all the teaching. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in to, to teach them. You know, the scripture right. teaches us that, that, you know, we're just to be fat. Faithful, available, and teachable, yeah. <laughs> and and so that's not original with me. That's Don Key. Yeah. So, but but at the end of the day, that's the way the Lord would have us: faithful, available, and teachable. And if mm-hmm. we find ourselves in that respect, then then you know we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. You're not going to know if you've been called to teach unless you teach more often than not. And so allow people to do that. And and it's not just the preacher's responsibility to teach them. Yes, you're going to help them. Yes, you're going to encourage them and empower them the best you can. But you also got to let the, the room for the Holy Spirit to do what it can do as well.
0: That's good. Yeah. Yeah. If if you could I mean, think about it this way, if, if you could spend five hours teaching someone to do something that you do pretty often, right? It's been just five hours doing that work probably first, probably that's more teach, probably more education that you got in that thing more than you got in the, in, in the process before you did yeah, it. First absolutely. Time, that's right. right. But on top of that, if you could just spend five hours with someone to do that and it saved you, you know, mm-hmm. five hours a week for the rest of the year, think about the multiplication of your, of your ministry and of your time and your, and your opportunity to do all kinds of other things things Amen. that God's called you to do. That's good. And so it's, it's what you're talking about, multiplying your time. It's return on time investment. Um, but I think we don't often think about, we, we're we right up against it, and it's like right now I need to get this finished so that I can move on to the next thing, when if I would have already taught someone else to do this, I wouldn't have had to done it in the first place. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so. I think we need to be okay um, with, with some things either not getting done or positions not being filled, Sometimes you go to churches and the pastor is the Sunday school teacher. Uh, They're also playing guitar in the band. They're also the lead worship singer or whatever. Um, I think it's always crazy when I go to churches like that and the pastor is like the only person ever on stage, the only person who ever speaks. And it's like, you know, if you would set some of those things down, there would be becoming an awareness from the church of like, oh, we don't have anybody playing guitar or we don't have a Sunday school teacher. And people would be more apt to step into those rows because when you do it all, like it looks like, well, they don't need me, right? Because they're already doing it. Um, so be okay with um, be okay with letting some things, you know, slide.
0: Good. I, I think when the other part of all that is that pastors that do that, it's not just that, it's not just that uh, their time gets overwhelmed, but also that you're you're taking away the opportunity for someone else to fulfill a calling Absolutely. in their life. Absolutely, yes. Um, and our job as a pastor, our job is, that's, that's what we do. We help other people find ways to fulfill their calling. Mm-hmm. Versus us, if I'm always fulfilling their calling, I'm not being faithful to the, what God's called me to do. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing everything, I, I'm, it's very likely that I'm, for the right motives. I may have the right motives there that I want to see the church do well and I want to serve I want to serve God faithfully. But if I don't think about it the right way and I don't treat it in in my own leadership the right way, I can rob other people of of that opportunity to fulfill their calling and ultimately I am here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Amen. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, one of the other things I th- I thought we thought about here with this is that pastors also need to be doing the the work of equipping and and th- this process because we also are all finite, right? Hmm. We are finite, and that means that there's there's no pastor that's listening to a, us have this conversation right now who is going to uh, be the pastor of that church for eternity.
2: That's right.
0: Right. Someone else is coming along. Someone else is coming behind you, um, and so Mike, you talk about that and what you how you think about that. This the ideas about like equipping people in the church even to take over after you.
2: Yeah, I think for me, um, you know that 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 thought is something that I always thought. Well, that's just God's work, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that alone. That's taboo to me. But at the end of the day, as I've gone forward and we had a conversation back. Uh, at the summit with with some folks, with some pastors, you can see the benefit of being able to have somebody come behind you that would be able to carry on uh, the vision of what, I mean, and it's not our vision, it's God's vision. That's so right. so it's not anything that, that you're going to leave there that it's just going to be a lasting legacy for you, but it's God's vision. So you're going to bring them on and you're going to help them to be willing and ready to take on that ministry when it comes time for us to go, because there will be a time that we're going to leave. I've been there 17 years at Halltown. I don't know how much longer that he'll leave me there, but I want to be able to help others to do what I've done and more. Whenever I get ready to go, and I think that's important. I think that goes right along with 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 the scripture that you've been sharing is equipping, equipping them to do the work of the ministry. So uh, it's kind of changed my whole thought process on that. And so I, I think it's a work that needs to be done by pastors. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a, a book that I read recently called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Uh, that opened my eyes to some things where it was talking about, he said, some companies, organizations, you know, if you play the infinite game, it's 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 never ending. Right. It, it goes on beyond us, which is which is our role. Right. Which is ministry. It's, um, you know, everything. Um, and he said, some people come in, CEOs or whatever, and they play a finite game. And they so they know they're going to be there five, 10 years. And so they make decisions based upon. Those five or ten years that they're going to be yeah, there. That's right. And uh, what what it is is, well, we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to raise money or whatever. And the culture may fall apart. Employees' culture may fall apart. Everything uh, may go wrong. But the bottom line is, like, they're better. And but when they end their ten years there or whatever it might be, the company is in way worse shape uh, than it was. But they're out, and so they don't care. Uh, and he talked about like we need to have an infinite mindset of, you know, what I'm not just. I don't just care about this church that I'm leading for the time that I'm here, but I want to leave it amen. in a better place for that's when right, I'm amen. gone. And uh, I think we, we need to get into that mindset. We don't think about, I don't think we think about the years that's coming after us in, in whatever position that we're in. And I think we would be way better off if we did. And the decisions we make would be different if we had more of an infinite mindset.
0: That's great. That's great. One of the things I shared this at, at the summit uh, during our, q and a session we did with the cabinet um but one of the things that i have burdened my heart and i've been praying for as we've been talking about praying for the answering the call is that I've been praying that God would raise up someone to replace me um not that i want to not do this anytime soon mm-hmm. but i i would i just that's something that it's i look around and i i i know it has to be something that god it's preparing in somebody's life and somebody's heart and the answers that they have to say yes to in calling and ministry for a long time. Um, and so I mean, I just been praying for that. It's been something I prayed for just about every week, even since the summit, because that was something I got burdened with that um, even, you know, pastors still listen to their own sermons. I listened into my own sermon that night uh, that I preached at summit uh, about that. And so I think that that's exactly what we're talking about. Pastor, you know, pray for the next person that's coming along. And I I guarantee if you will pray for that person, it will change your mindset about how you treat the work of ministry right in front of you. And um, so it's just a a piece, part of two cents of where I've been walking in my own life. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Well, guys, uh, thank you for the conversation, and we could probably keep going for a while about uh, this issue. Um, I, I hope that the pastors listening to us uh, heard something here today that they can can take and maybe imply just a little piece of it in your context and in, in what's going on with you. Like Travis said, we don't really want you to stop doing ministry altogether, but we want we want there to be this idea that that ministry is not something that the pastor has to be responsible for doing but that the pastor is responsible for making sure it happens in the church. So I want to say thank you for uh, being with us, uh, Mike and and Travis, on this uh, edition of Doing Together.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Thank you so
2: much.
0: So in listening today, you may be a church where you have some folks who might be leaders that you are needing to develop. And one of the resources that we have developed as part of our Answering the Call initiative is a a mentoring guide. And if you'd like to get a copy of that, you can either reach out to Travis Stevens at Travis.Stevens, that's a P-H in Stevens, Mm -hmm. at GeneralBaptist.com. Or you can also find uh, contact information for Travis and a link to that mentoring guide in the show notes. Also, in order to be able to develop leaders in your context, you have to be developing yourself. And so General Baptist Ministry sees leadership development as one of the core things that we do, and so we want you to be a part of our church leadership network, or what we call CLN. CLN offers uh, leadership development in a variety of ways, and if you'd like to have more information how you can connect with that and develop as a leader, you can go to churchleadership.cc, or you can find that link in the show notes. Let me also just encourage you to pray for the pastors in your life. If you're a pastor, pray for the other pastors you know. Pastoral ministry is a high calling and it has a lot of joys, but it also comes with a lot of challenges. So I just want to encourage you to support and encourage uh, the pastors that you know. If you haven't already done so, I want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast or whatever platform you're using to access our content and also leave us a review. Whenever you leave a review, it allows other people to discover our content and them to come to uh, engage in these kinds of conversations with us. Thank you for joining us and we will see you on the next episode of the Doing Together podcast.